0: Hey, hey blog out there, good morning. I was saying before, I, I've i learned to wait for that blog talk radio. I was saying, hey, hey, hey out there, everybody in blog talk radio land and over at Rainbow Soul where we started. Whether you're tuning in via iTunes or any, there's so many ways that people tap into and listen to and enjoy, and most of all, learn from off the shelf book talk radio. So I want to welcome everybody. We are in the last month of the year, and I'm waiting for our guest to dial in to today's show. His assistant, they reached out and, and requested to be on Off the Shelf, which I'm very happy about, and she was very good at following up, but you know what? I never know what's going on in someone's life. I always try to stay open because I just don't know. And I've learned, and this is something i encourage you to do and to make this a constant habit. Of course, sometimes I feel frustrated when I'm doing something or working on a project and it's not going the way that I want it to. But stay open, stay flexible, and always um, be, be flexible and fluid so that you can fill in gaps. In case something happens and there's a gap, you can fill in the gap. And keep it keep it rolling. Uh, that's something that you definitely want to do. The, our special guest today, which makes it wonderful, we're in December, the last month of the year. A lot of people are like, it's too late to really change 2016 in my personal life or my business life. Some people, even if they have a job that they don't like, they'll stay at their job because they're like, it's December and people are hiring at the end of the year. And some people are going to step into a marvelous career this month because they're not going to tell them, put limits on themselves and they're not going to start telling themselves all the things that can't happen, but instead tell themselves all the things that can happen. So this, today's guest is a serial entrepreneur. Those are people who, being an entrepreneur, I actually heard of uh, someone who has billions in their uh, personal account. They've built their businesses up over the years and they were talking about how hard it is To be an entrepreneur, it looks so easy because entrepreneurs, whether you watch the people on Shark Tank or The Profit, Undercover Balls, you watch these shows and they make it look so easy. It looks so easy like they never sweat like a top athlete. Just somebody who's very good at what they do. They never sweat. They never get nervous. A television journalist, when they have gaps in their show and they have to suddenly fill in a gap, when there's millions of people tuning in, and you don't even know that the gap was there. They did it so well. Or on radio where there's a gap, and you have to be flexible and fluid, filling that gap. And so the other people who are tuning in, they still keep listening to your show and get something out of it because you didn't even expect it to happen, but be, you were fluid and flexible, and you were able to keep giving people value off the fly. not Not scripted value, not plan value, which is what I'm having to do right now, just off the fly. I'm, I'm, I'm going to reach out to our special guests. I'm telling you, uh, uh, I tell myself always stay open. I'm not, I'm not going to say that it doesn't sometimes get frustrating um, because most of our guests ask to be on off the shelf. Most of our guests ask to be on the show. Uh, I'm going to see if I can. The 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 death of radio is silent, So I'm 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 talking to you, even as I reach out to um, our guest assistant uh, to see if okay he's gotta gotta get on gotta get on gotta get on gotta get on uh, waiting for our guests to tune in. This is something else that just came up to me that I want to share with you as well. And I've shared this on our show before. There are two things I've noticed about. Us as humans, as people, we do it whether we're looking for a job, a relationship, uh, to to create, develop market and, and uh, share a product, share or sell. Either way, you're sharing your, what you created when you sell something. We're very excited. We're very excited generally at the concept part of something, whether it's you want to get physically fit, lose weight, the ideal of it is very exciting to us. Particularly, we get especially excited, and I've learned this after interviewing people who've signed multi-billion dollar contracts, historic contracts, people who've gone on to be very successful in their industries, and I've been incredibly fortunate to interview some some folks who... you might see on TV every single day. So I've I've been blessed in that regard. But I've learned I've learned a lot. When we at the inception, the thought of being fifteen or fifty pounds slimmer, the thought of getting physically fit so that you can complete a marathon without stopping once to go from running to walking, the thought of having a more loving relationship or family, the thought of stepping into a more senior a role and maybe earning 30 to 50,000 or more a year than you currently do. That thought is very exciting to us. If we come up with a, the concept that we think I'm the only one who has this idea, I think that our ego really kicks in and we get extremely excited because now we feel like once if we pull this off, we'll be special. And no one is ever special. Ever ever ever. Ever, that just doesn't happen. And so, um, but we get excited with the concept, the concept, the inception of an idea. And then when we have to start putting it, mapping it out, putting it, the work together, this is where a lot of us fall by the wayside. And some of us go out and work with a life coach or a therapist. What is stopping me? I was so excited with the ideal of it. And things aren't magical; they don't just show up. But as soon as I had to start mapping it out, I'm I'm I'm, I'm I don't want to do it. And that's where uh, somebody like a life coach in today's uh, guest isn't a, isn't a life coach. But that's where a life coach comes in. When you get stuck there, you're excited about the concept. Now they're going to help you map it out because something in your thinking, something in your belief, uh, your thought loop which I learned from a book, Humbug to Happiness, and that author was on off the shelf recently, uh, Humbug to Happiness. Anyway, something, uh, some type of a loop in your thinking is preventing you from taking the next next step. So you go from the ideal excitement, and this is good to discuss as we head into a brand new year. You're excited about Uh, whatever it is, again, losing weight, becoming physically fit, improving the relationship, stepping into a new career, starting a new company, taking a company or an organization to another level, uh, getting involved more in your community, getting involved more in a a political movement, a social movement, education, etc., whatever it is that you want to do, we can all get excited at the beginning. And that's something that I've, I've seen everybody can be excited about just the concept of something. Where a lot of us get stuck is now you have to map it out. It's not magical. You have to map it out now. That's where a lot of people will say, That's, I'm weak in that area, or they'll just step away, put it to somebody else. You're planning for a vacation. You you want to go uh, uh, to, uh, to Africa. You want to go to Hawaii. You want to go to Paris. But somebody's got to start uh, uh, pricing the air, the flights. Or if you're going on a trip, you got to pr- start pricing cruise ships. You've got to start seeing what kind of documentation and paperwork you need. What what days and flights, what days and out times are best to fly in and out of? You got to start checking on hotels. This is where a lot of people never get to Hawaii, never get to Africa, never get to Paris or wherever they want to go. That mapping out stage, that very next step that comes after the ideal has come. The very next step is where a lot of people stop, and then they wonder why their life, nothing happens in their life. It's not You don't snap your fingers and things just happen. You don't just sit down on church pews, and because you went in a church, everything just suddenly comes together. If you really want it, you keep stepping, 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 stepping until you get it. So you're excited with the idea, a new way to market your books. You're excited with that concept. Now you have to map it out. If you get stuck there and you never sit down and map it out, and just doing it in your head is often not enough. You might not be that disciplined. If you never get to the point where you actually map it out, and that keeps happening to you, I, I would encourage you to possibly consider getting professional help from someone who understands the mind, particularly the subconscious mind, because they might be able to work with you and help you find the very one to three thoughts that keep you from going to that second step and mapping out the concept, the ideal, to you, so you can bring it into reality. So you, we're excited about the concept. How many people have I had asked me to be on off-the-shelf radio and they're so excited about the ideal of being on the show? A lot of people are excited about creating a new product. Then some get stuck again at the mapping out phase. Some people, for some reason, they, would, they just don't show up. Some people, which, again, is the, the mapping out. And then some of us... Once we do map it out and we start doing the work, we start seeing how much financial investment an ideal is going to take. And I I encourage you to watch shows like Shark Tank. Watch those shows. Watch it when the, the guy on the profit, I don't like how he takes ownership of those businesses, a percentage of them, but watch how companies you think are doing well are almost ready to collapse. The same way they say that most Americans are one paycheck away from losing everything. We have to we have to map things out. And on Shark Tank, they can see you can see it. Somebody is excited over the moon, over the roof of a, a idea, a concept that they have. But the people on Shark Tank will start asking them questions, and you can see they haven't even reached the stage where they've mapped it out. And, and you know, there's just way too much work to be done to get you even ready to market the product. So you'll see the people on Shark Tank start, I'm out, I'm out, I'm out, I'm out. If you really want to do something, you can't just be excited with the ideal of it. You have to then map it out. And you should get more excited as you take every step closer to what you want, not less excited, but more excited. You start mapping it out. And then after you start mapping it out, you have, to, you have to start working with other people to get information. You're not getting anywhere all by yourself, and, then, and so you make phone calls. Again, I take the vacation uh, example. You start either making phone calls or going online and reaching out to, how am I going to get to Hawaii? Am I going to take a cruise ship? Am I going to take a, a, a flight? Where am I starting? How am I going to get there? Wherever I want to go. I got to to start reaching out to these organizations, which are the best ones. Maybe I need to talk to some people and have them word of mouth tell me. I took this cruise ship. It was wonderful. This is one of the best airlines. This is what they did for us when we went to Hawaii. Start pricing it out. What are the best times of the year to go? If you go, maybe somebody tells you, if you go to Hawaii during the winter in the northeast part of the United States, the prices are going to be almost double. Now, I don't know if they really are, but you can find that out, and you can save yourself thousands of dollars during that mapping out process. If you do it right, and go and absolutely enjoy your trip. Where are some of the places you want to go? And leaving some room for some openness and flexibility, to you just go wherever you feel like going one day. We're just gonna get up and just go. We're not gonna we're not gonna plan out one or two of our days on our on our week trip. The rest of them we will plan out, and you just you just absolutely love it. And you make what is your key focus? Your key priority? with the vacation we're going to have as much fun we are going to communicate we are going we we are going we're not going in there to do psychological and verbal battle with each other we just really want to have a good a good time and you come back with memories and pictures and stories and and just good feelings and your energies up and maybe you even have enough energy to take on another ideal that you've been thinking about. And that's, to me, really what living a good life is in large part about. You can't stop with just the ideal. The ideal isn't just going to spring up out of nowhere on its own. If you're carrying a baby, you got to feed the baby. It just These things don't just happen. So see if you're getting stuck at that mapping out stage And I'm telling you, if I hadn't hosted Off the Shelf Book Talk Radio, we are going into our 13th year. Thank and praise God we're going into our 13th year. I wouldn't know, I don't know if I would have learned that as deeply and thoroughly as I have learned it. And I'm talking very, people who've had tremendous success, tremendous success, asked to be on Off the Shelf. The day of the show shows up. And they're not there. And, and that's happened one to three times. And some of these people are very, very successful. But you every time, that's something I try to, another thing I would tell you for success, you need to be disciplined. You need to be disciplined. Whoever's listening to the show, I really hope you take these steps because I'm going to tell you something. You have ideals. The mind never stops working. You're not going to get rid of a. Uh, your ideas coming up in your mind. You you might not act on them. Have you ever been in a situation where you had an idea? You had an ideal for like something like an an iPhone. Ten years before the iPhone came out, an ideal similar to that. Something about a car you saw, an ideal of it, a TV, a movie, a play, a book, and you didn't act on it. And you later saw that very thing on the market where somebody else acted on it. I don't know that ideals only come to one person. They An ideal might come to 10,000 people, and only one of them steps it out all the way, and they're the one who ha- takes ownership of it because they walked out all the steps. They walked out all the steps. There's a um, a, 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 a scripture where... Um, in the Old Testament Moses They said that the creator called Everybody up the mountain But Moses was the only one who went up So it's it's not that It's just one person Who's getting The, uh, the word or the idea The concept it, That one you remember Is the one who walked it all the way out That's the one that 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 We remember So when you let hear people, and you may hear yourself, get very excited and talking about you're going to create a new product, a new service, and you're going to. You can even hear people where they started to map it out. They're going to create this new product. They're going to start, get a website. They're going, they've got their social media accounts going. But you go to this. They started to map it out. You go to their social media sites. They've. There hasn't been a new post in six months, or three or six months. You go to um uh their website, the last blog that they published was was two two months or maybe even a year ago and I've seen this with very successful people people with engineering degrees, people who've sold hundreds of thousands of copies of books, people who have millions millions in their in their personal bank accounts. And they get to a certain levels, and they just stop. And the one you're going to remember, the one who will be celebrated, is the one who went all the way through. All the way through. So I encourage you today to be to be someone who goes all the way through as we come to the end of the end of the year. Just because it's December, it doesn't mean that. Um, it's time for you to quit just because it's december It doesn't mean uh it's time for you just to do nothing. A funny thing as well um and I'm not sure if our guest is going to join us us today um but a funny thing is um, we plan to retire, and it's been proven that when people retire we 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 speed up the process. Of actually becoming ill and the aging process, what it really is retiring? I can see saying, I, "I'm not going to do a certain job anymore. I'm not going to commute into that company anymore." But really, retiring—that uh, might be the first step away from what we call exiting our bodies. Is it, what, what does that mean? Or and if you really want to retire, is that an indication that you spent thirty? Years or however long of your working career, doing work you didn't really love, and then you have to ask yourself why? Why do you force yourself to tolerate and put up with things you really you don't want to do? Why? How could you have done that to yourself for twenty, thirty, or more years? So that's that's another thing to consider. I, I really encourage you again. Uh, you can't you 're not going to get rid of ideals. the ideals will come into our minds we see an image we we hear something and uh, the you cannot stop thought you cannot stop thought so you're going to have ideals if you really want to do something it 's an ideal that you think will bring cause you to experience or express more joy, more peace, and it might be something that allow you to help and share with others. I think of Bill Gates and how how much he and his wife are doing. Education is one of their focus areas, and I forget the other. Also, and i, I his uh, Mark Zuckerberg and he, and his wife, they're they're focusing on uh, trying to find a, tr- a cure for for something. If I'm not mistaken, well, he went after his ideal, his dream. Now has the financial resources to help. What could be millions and millions of people and and that's just that's just a blessing and that's that's not something new that's been going on for decades. A lot of the companies that many people rely on for their income so they can feed their family those companies started and are maintained and say sustained by someone who got an ideal, mapped it out, followed it all the way through their ideal grew into a huge blessing, and now they're employing a t- hundred 10, 20, 60, more, 1,000 people, and if you add in all those people's families, they could be blessing a million people a year because they follow through with an ideal. So again, I encourage you to do that. Not that you should follow through with every ideal, but certainly uh, follow through with a lot of your ideals. And if you don't sit down and map it out, then maybe you're waiting on magic, and you'll probably look at your life and be angry and frustrated and blame the government, blame your parents, blame your children, blame uh, somebody you were in a relationship with, blame the weather, blame God. You'll just be blaming, blaming, blaming because you didn't get what you wanted. And maybe it's time to step back and say, what do I tell myself? Do I say it's December the rest of the year is a throwaway, or do I say December, this is the month, I'm going to step into my miracle, this is the month? Or do, or do you do you say, oh, I'll start mapping out my ideal in January? Well, when January comes and some surprises show up in your life, you might say, oh, I'll start in June, and you'll do that all the way through the whole year, and at the end of the year you'll see you didn't do nothing. Uh, so I, I encourage you again, don't just stop with the excitement of an ideal Map it out and walk it all the way through, if you really want it you will you will do that i don't care how long it takes you. you will do that, and if you find that you you keep something won't almost like you feel like something won't let you sit down and map it out you just you you, you keep getting distracted you you feel bored, you feel like I don't want to do it, something in your mind. Is trying to stop you. And that's why I said you might want to go get professional help so you can move that out the way. Is probably a thought that's trying to protect you from experiencing a previous hurt again. That's probably what it is. And the past is gone. It is gone. Anything that repeats itself is only repeating itself because we still believe in it right now. If we turn the belief loose right now, that thing is gone because the past is gone. It's gone. So something that happened in the past can't hurt you unless you still believe in it today, unless uh, you still want it some today. Other than that, it's gone. It's over. It's done. It's gone. It is done. But a part of your mind might not believe that, and it might be trying to protect you from feeling a previous hurt, embarrassed, or feeling abandoned or lost so it, it it won't let you do something because it's trying to protect you. It's trying to isn't a backwards loving way, but uh you might need help to to overcome that and be patient with yourself. That part of you again is just trying to protect you. As we come in uh for those, you know, one another thing I want to tell you I I'm learning because what day or what year has the whole way gone the way I thought it would? Or I planned it out to. That's why I said even when you map things out, be flexible and open, or you'll get upset. And some sometimes you can get upset and frustrated, depressed, and then quit. And that's you don't. I encourage you not to do that. Perhaps our guests didn't come show up today, although again they reached out and asked to be on the show because you were. This is the message that somebody who tuned in was supposed to hear, which would be somewhat incredible if that were the case. And if that is you, I hope if you do have an ideal, I really truly do, if the universe moved for you this way, I hope you do map out your ideal and walk it all the way through. Those are the people we celebrate, the people who walk an ideal all the way through. Everybody gets ideals. Everybody, and maybe everybody's received at least one awesomely great, good idea. But how many people walk it all the way through? When it gets tough, maybe 40 years in, a lot of people throw it up, throw it in the towel. I was listening to, uh, ask, actually, Anthony Robbins, and I'm going to give you guys a treat. Uh, Anthony Robbins on YouTube, and um, he said years ago, people told, I think it was in the 1970s, when K. Martin Sears, they were just soaring. Lauren, oh my goodness, they were doing tremendously well. Well, they told Sam Walton, "You uh, people had told Sam Walton, you might as well bag it up because the, the type of stores he was with Walmart, they said they, they're done. They're never going to take off." Wow, Sam Walton didn't believe that story. <laughs> and he look now, it's like the whole table flipped. That was Walmart at the top of the heap. Now it's Walmart, and it's like Sears and Kmart are struggling to survive. But but as things go on, one day something might overtake Walmart. But if you yourself uh, know how to take an idea, map it out, and walk it out, if, if what you're doing now starts to fall off or things just shift, I want to say fall off, they just shift, you can, you can move with that shift. You'll be just, just. Mind. Now the treat I have for you is wanna read from you uh read to you. Uh my, my my latest book is actually not published yet. I'm I'm currently writing on my latest book which is set in Chicago, Pennsylvania Chicago, Pennsylvania. Chicago, Illinois in the nineteen forties. Um and it, the, the woman in this story got it and the working title was God is Glory she is in a man's world for sure. And she is at the top of that world. She is she is at a time when women were really supposed to step back and behind a man. This was globally step back. She does not do that. And it's some it's things that she sees her mother go through in her childhood that shapes her and she just she just doesn't have that DNA in her to step back. And she goes into a man's world when women don't do that. It's tough even now in twenty sixteen heading into twenty seventeen it was much, much tougher in the nineteen forties and she she does it and what a woman gotta got us a glory is it's the business she's in though that I think readers will be surprised about she's at the top in in this business in the nineteen forties um I don't want to give away. Too much of the story no not one guy in it wants her there if they can rub her out, they rub her out, but she is um this is one tough, sharp gracious i i i I can't say enough about gotta uh she also has issues with her mother, I think in all of my my novels. And I don't think about this till I look back on them because I don't write this way with intent. A lot of things that happen in my stories, and I, and as a writer, they, a lot of our writing, I think, does come from different levels of our mind, subconscious, super subconscious, conscious mind. I used to think I just wrote only wrote with my conscious mind. But to look back on some things I write, there's almost always a family issue in every last one of, of my novels, and I don't intend for that to be that way. But Gata does have issues uh, with her with her mother, a woman who, uh, as as I'm coming through the novel now, I'm almost near the end of it, and hope to have it on the market in 2017. They don't. Her and her mother don't seem anything alike, even to me. But as the story comes to a conclusion, maybe something in my subconscious will show me to connect, and and that I will be able to share with you all as readers, but uh, right now I wanted to read from my latest book that is on the market that you can get in print book form, and you can get it in e-book form. And talking about mapping things out and sticking with things, I I published my first book, Portia, in 1998. It was August 1998, and it was very well received. And And I think whether it was you or the many readers who just, I mean, they just really... Portia was very well received, and I, I truly appreciate how well it was received. But I have I have continued to, back then self-publishing, talking about Gata being in a man's world in the 1940s, back then self-publishing, it was not looked upon, it was looked upon down on, it looked at with disdain, and almost like you were cheap, almost like you were cheap. Uh, uh, it's hard to explain it. Uh, like, like almost like somebody shopping at Bloomingdale's and somebody else at a dollar store, the the book a self published writer would be like just looked down on. Book reviewers would not touch self published books. Libraries didn't want to carry self published books. Bookstores you had to fight, fight, fight to get your uh, your novels in a bookstore. I remember Karen Quintos Miller. I went to a writer's event with her in Philadelphia, and she said she would just call and go up to Barnes & Noble every week. They they would tell her, don't come back, don't come back, you know, and she kept pushing and kept pushing until her her first novel, Satin Doll, became a bestseller, but again, that's that stepping it out, walking it out, walking it out, with Sam Walton, he, he been told in the 1970s, you might as well shut these Walmarts down, and he didn't, and look at it now, and his, his 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 family is blessed, and then all the employees that they they've hired. Of course, you know they had to get their salaries up and 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 take on more full time employees so they could get benefits. But they have blessed millions of people just because, one man just because he walked out his dreams. So um, once again, when I started out in ninety eight, you have to keep pushing because self published novels. People look down on them, and they would ask you if it was self-published, if you were on a radio show or came on television. I, I got my Gabby's Press book, and man, I was doing radio interviews all over the country, and people would want to know if your book was uh, self-published, and you—it was almost embarrassing to say that it was. And now I'm like, no, it's not embarrassing anymore. It takes it takes vision it takes persistence it takes tenacity it takes creativity it takes a strong business acumen to 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 self publish or independently publish and to do it for years and years and years it it does take something to do that 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 says that person has drive and devotion they're devoted to their craft they're not they're not going to step back they're not going to quit So I I honor people who independently publish their books and not just independently publish them and then wait for something magical to happen so they sell. But they get out here and they market their books. They tell people about their books. They do like Karen Quintos Miller. They go up to the booksellers and say, you you, you should carry this book. This is a good book. Uh, Another friend of mine got her hair products in Whole Foods. Got her hair products in Whole Foods. She started making her products at, at the kitchen table. And she is, uh, if you want to know, think she, her product is O'Shea's If you go to uh, my business blog, and I'm not telling you this to for you to go there, but this, I did a feature interview on her years ago. Uh, it's Right Money Inc., uh, W-R-I-T-E-M-O-N-E-Y-I-N-C. Right Money Incorporated actually is the full name of it. And you look under feature interviews, uh, was also fortunate to interview, uh, I think it was the great, great granddaughter of uh, Madam C.J. Walker, the first self-made, supposed to be the first self-made woman millionaire in all of the the United States of America, Madam C.J. Walker. I think it was a great, great granddaughter um, who was interviewed on right money inc this is what happens when you go after your dreams you 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 meet awesome amazing people you meet people you think you would never meet i mean i was born and raised in a project so you you this is what happens when you don't stop at an ideal you map it out you walk it out you step it out and you just keep you keep going if something's not working try something different if you if you um If you're only marketing through press releases and blogs, try to start marketing through Twitter and Facebook and uh, get on Google+. And if you have to hire some organizations, maybe you say, okay, these people will tweet out to 200,000 people for me three to five times a day, and it only costs me $10 a week or $10 a month. If you have that, then put that in and let them do that, and then you go on and do something else. And just keep adding on as you have to until you start to see the results that you want to see. But I want to read to you from uh, my latest on the market book, Love for Over Me. You can get it in print form. Love for Over Me is almost 300 pages, uh, and a 300-page print book is not cheap to make. If I went and bought my book myself, I'd probably have to pay $11 to $12 for it just to get my own print copy. (laughs) They are not cheap. And the the print books, the way to get them cheaper is you you go, if you order a print book, whether you're a major publisher or independent publisher, if you order like 50,000 copies, the per unit is is cheaper because your overall cost is through the roof. If you order just a few copies of a, of like a three hundred page print book to be printed, you might be printing co- costs you twenty twenty five dollars per book. But if you that's if 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 I went out and did that myself with a printer, but the price of it for the reader, I generally keep it. You you're probably paying half of what I would have to pay myself to 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 get it through a printer. So, but you can get love pour over me at uh, our website or you can get it through Amazon, Barnes and Noble and it's love Just if you don't, like I tell people, you can get it at the bookstore as well, if you don't see it on the shelf, just say, I would like to order a copy of Love Pour Over Me by Denise Turney T U R N E U Y, and they can order a copy f- for you because Love Pour Over Me is carried by the largest book distributor in the world that's how you get uh, that's how you actually get books. I bought special ordered books my, myself. I wanted a print copy. I'm a big print print book person. I, I don't. I'm not an e-book person. Um, just go up to the uh, the retail clerk at the counter and say, I want a copy of. Uh, boom, 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 boom. My favorite books are used bookstores, though. I had a favorite one, the Bookworm uh, near Trenton, New Jersey. Oh my gosh! You can get autographed copies from top top classics, top authors from used bookstores. I'm a big fan of them. But I want to read to you from "Love Pour Over Me" again. You can get it in ebook format for about three dollars. That, that's it. It's about three hundred pages. Uh, you can get it at Chistel, C H I S T E L L. dot com, or you can get Love for Over Me again, print or ebook. Barnes and Noble, Amazon.com, just nearly any retailer. And again, if you don't, if you go into a bookstore and you don't see it, just tell them you want to order a copy of Love for Over Me by Denise Tony, which I would greatly appreciate. And then when the book comes in, they'll call you, and you can just come and pick it up. So, Love for Over Me is a story about Raymond Clark. It's set in the 1980s. It starts out in Dayton, Ohio. That's actually where I was born. And he, Raymond goes on to uh college in Pennsylvania in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. He has he and his father have a very complicated relationship because his father has untreated alcoholism. So the the, the opening goes back to the 1980s and people really didn't start talking about a lot of issue, personal issues, psychological issues that people struggle with until the 1970s. So in the 1980s, this was still fairly new. And, of course, we still try to hide our hide, hide our issues. We try to put on that perfect face. But Raymond, it, it makes him tough. It makes him tough, uh, the way he has to grow up. And he's an only child. And psycho, psych, psychology teaches that if you have other siblings, other people around you going through similar challenges as you, it doesn't leave as deep, uh, hard of an impression or an imprint on your mind. When you're the only one in a situation, it, it can it, the the imprint can be deeper, and and maybe even harder. To overcome, and then the mind will start to find like a web, different ways to protect you, and that alone, those defense systems create problems. So, can you imagine, Raymond? And he is—he's raised by his father, who works at an automobile plant. GM was big in Dayton back in the 1980s. I mean, people would tell you they get you a job at General Motors, and it was a good place—place to work. But he has a hard job. His father he was raising Raymond as a single parent because Raymond's mother left Raymond when he was two years old. Uh, not just the relationship with her husband, but she she left her son and so that's another burden that Raymond has to carry. The the front of love pour over me, read love programme to find out what happens to Raymond, a man desperate to avoid the one thing he needs most Love, and then under this one of my, I love this scripture, but the greatest of these is love And that's from 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 13 I'm thinking, where where can I start to um, give you a little bit of love pour over me And you know what, I will just start with the very beginning This is section 1, chapter 1 it was Friday afternoon, June 15, 1984. Raymond Clark lay across his bed. An empty bowl of popcorn was on the floor. Snacking did little to ease his excitement. In less than three hours, his year-round efforts to prove himself deserving of unwavering acclaim would be validated in front of hundreds of his classmates. Tonight was his high school graduation, the day he had dreamed about for weeks. He knew his grades were high enough to earn him academic honors. Even more than his grades were his athletic achievements. He had been beaten in a track race in three years. He won the state half mile and mile runs for the last six years since he was in middle school. People would cheer wildly for him tonight. The television was turned up loud. Carl Lewis threatens to break Bob Beeman's historic long-jump record at the Olympic trials in Los Angeles this weekend, an ESPN sportscaster announced. Beeman's record is still for 16 years. Lewis? Raymond got so caught up in the mention of the upcoming Olympic Games that he didn't hear the front door open. Ray! His father, Malcolm, shouted as soon as he entered the house. What? Raymond leaped off his bed and hurried into the living room. Dad? What, boy, if you don't get your junk, Raymond watched his father wave his hand over the sofa, the place where he'd thrown his sports bag as soon as he got home from graduation practice at school. Get this sports crap up, Malcolm growled. Silence filled the house. Raymond grabbed his sports bag, carried it into his bedroom, and tossed it across his bed. His father exited the living room and entered the kitchen. Like a dark shadow, frustrations from spending ten hours working at a drab automobile plant where he drilled leather seats into one Ford Mustang after another while his line supervisor stood at his shoulder and barked, Focus, Malcolm! Get your production up! Followed him there. It was in the furrow of his brow and the pinch of his lip. Ray! Raymond cursed beneath his breath before he left his bedroom and hurried into the living room. Seconds later, he stood in the kitchen's open doorway. He watched his father toss an envelope on the table. Ladder from Baker came in the mail. Something about you getting some awards When He reached to the center of the kitchen table for a bottle of steel fervor. He stopped hiding the alcohol when Raymond turned five. The alcohol looked like liquid gold. Felt that way to Malcolm, too. You graduate tonight. Malcolm took a long swig of the whiskey and squinted against the burn. He tried to laugh but only coughed up spring. You're probably the only kid in the whole school who got a ladder like this. Everybody up at Baker knows nobody cares about you. Ladder said they thought, I would want to tell all your relatives, that all your relatives know you're getting some awards, so they come out and support you. Again, Malcolm worked at laughter, but instead coughed a dry, scratchy cough that went long and raw through his throat. We both know ain't nobody going to be there, but me and your sorry ass don't mean nothing anyhow. They're just giving these diplomas and awards away nowadays. On his way out of the kitchen, bottle in hand, he shoved the ladder against Raymond's chest. Raymond listened to his father's footsteps go heavy up the back stairs while he stood alone in the kitchen. When the footsteps became a whisper, he looked down at the ladder. It was printed on good stationery, the kind Baker High School, only used for special occasions. Didn't matter, though. Raymond took the ladder and ripped it once, twice, three times, over and over again until it was only shreds of paper. Then he walked to the tall kitchen wastebasket next to the gas stove and dropped the bits inside. Ray! He, he froze. From the sound of his father's voice, he knew he was at the top of the stairs. Give me that ladder so I'll remember to go to your graduation tonight. Raymond twisted his mouth at the foulness of the request, the absolute absurdity of it. He didn't answer. Instead, he turned and walked back inside his bedroom. He grabbed his house keys and headed outside. the edge of the walkway, he heard his father shout, Wait! Raymond didn't turn around. He walked down the tree-lined sidewalk the way he'd learned to walk since kindergarten, with his head down. He stepped over raised cracks in the worn sidewalk, turned away from boarded windows of two empty, dilapidated buildings, and told himself the neighborhood was just like his father—old, useless, unforgiving, and hard. A second-floor window back of the house went up. Malcolm stuck his head all the way out the window. Get your butt back here! Yeah, I used another word in the novel. He hollered down the street. Raymond sprang to his toes and started to run. His muscular arms and legs went back and forth through the cooling air like propellers, like they were devices he used to try to take off, leave the places in his life he wished had never been. It was what he was good at. All his running had earned him high honors in track and field. He was Ohio's top modeler. He'd made Sports Illustrated four times since. Middle school. Ray, yo man, you better go back. Joey chuckled as Raymond slowed to a stop. Joey, a troubled 18 year old neighbor who dropped out of school in the 10th grade, leaned across a Pontiac Sunbird waxing his hood. If you don't go back, yo man's going to beat you good. Uh, Raymond's cool, Stanley, an equally troubled 21 year old who pissed on school and failed to get a diploma, a man who couldn't read beyond the third grade level, said. He stood next to Joey. His hands were shoved to the bottom. Of his pants pockets. And we know the brother can run. Damn, we all can run, Stanley laughed. Ray, remember the night we ran away from that Texaco station? Our wallets are all fat, Joey laughed. He talked so loudly, Raymond worried he'd be overheard. Thought we agreed to let that go, Raymond said. He looked hard at Joey, then he looked hard at Stanley, and the nine month old deal was resealed. Another secret for Raymond to keep. One glance back at his father's house and Raymond started running again. He ran past Grutter's, an old upholstery company, and Tudor Albright, a small, one convenience store, all the way to the Trotwood Recreation Center, six miles further into the city. Houses were larger in Trotwood than they were in Dayton. Lawns filled with flowers that swaying the wind. Neighborhoods were quieter, too. As a boy, when his father drove him through Trotwood on the way to the Salem Mall, Raymond told himself that this is where his parents and he would have moved to and lived, Had his mother not fallen in love with another man, had she stayed? Raymond sat in the bleachers at the recreation center watching an intramural basketball game for well over half an hour until he felt certain Malcolm had, in a rare respite, drunk himself into a modicum of civility. When he turned over his wrist and saw that it was after 5 o'clock, he ran every step of the six miles back home. The living room was empty. Raymond heard a noise akin to the rise and fall of a buzzsaw. He frowned toward the stairs and mumbled, he's asleep, while he exited the living room and entered his bedroom. ESPN was still on. He went straight to his closet and pulled out his favorite pair of black nylon dress pants, a crisp white button-down shirt, and a tie. Fifteen minutes later, he was showered, dressed, and standing in front of his bedroom mirror. His father was drunk that he knew. It always went this way every night. Like a religious habit, he'd his childhood watching his father drink half a bottle of whiskey every evening after he arrived home from work. When he was a little boy, he'd sit across from Malcolm <coughs> at the kitchen table, swinging his legs back and forth like a pendulum clock, watching Malcolm turn a new shiny glass bottle up until it reached empty. He always thought brought a toy into the kitchen with him then, a race car, plastic airplane. he pushed the toy back and forth across the table and sing out, boom, boom. But he never took his eyes off his father. It was a time gone like cement down into Raymond's psyche. But that was years ago. Since then, Raymond had gotten into a few fist fights and gone on more than one stolen car joyride with neighborhood boys he hoped would take him in as a good friend, but who never did. He dodged cops when they knocked on the door last spring. He just returned home from school. Mercy abounding, Malcolm was still at work. And then they go into the the uh, something that Raymond just briefly got out of um, and I'm, I'm slipping through he the, the the story the first chapter it goes into the graduation ceremony. Raymond really has done well he's, he's somebody who beat the odds. We talked earlier at the start of the show about um how you have to not only have excitement with an ideal but actually map things out. You have to actually map it out and walk it out which we which we talked about, and Raymond does that he does that um the pay- the payoff for him isn't what he thought it would be, but he does that, and I actually think our guest has we're almost we are almost finished with today's show um we've got less than ten minutes to go um I'm gonna see if our guest has joined us. Um, but probably have to reschedule because nine minutes is just not enough time to get through the interview. But H- hang on there, listeners. Hello, is this Mitchell?
1: Rhonda Mitchell Levy, I am so apologetic. I'm here though. <laughs>
0: oh, well, I-, I thank you for 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 hanging on the line. I think I said well, and I, I was telling our listeners. We've we're been 12 years going into our 13th year. One thing I've learned about doing radio for 12, 12 years, you have to be flexible and fluid, and you better know how to fill in the gap. Thankfully, I, I have my books, so I can go and read from my books and, and share advice and tips that I've learned uh, that our listeners can benefit benefit from. Um, I'm trying to think. So I want to introduce you to our listeners, and we might have time for Two or three questions, but to our off-the-shelf listeners, we are honored to have with us now Mitchell Levy, and he's known as the Aha Guy. He's the CEO of Think Aha, and over the course of his career, he has he has created or worked with as many as twenty businesses in the Silicon Valley, and four of these businesses were in the book publishing industry, where Mitchell published more than eight hundred books, which is that alone is phenomenal, and he has written for entrepreneur, and he served as chairman of the board of a publicly owned company and provided consulting services to more than 100 companies. You can check him out online, and, and being that we're coming in late to, to the interview, I really highly, highly, highly encourage the off-the-shelf listeners to go over to Mitchell Levy's website, which can be found at MitchellLevy.com, and that's M I T. C H E L L L E V Y dot com. Again, that's M I T C H E L L. So that's gonna be three L's in a row. Mitchell Levy, L E V Y dot com. We wanna welcome uh Mitchell to our show be and 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 wanna get as much out of this time we have left as possible. To begin, Mitchell, can you tell us what you, where you grew up and uh what you dreamed of becoming when you were a kid?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, hey, accept my apologies. Just got back from London, and the timetable got a little funny for me. Um, so, I if you're if you're not terribly offended, I'm happy to reschedule um, at some other time. So, grew up in uh, in Brooklyn, New York. Uh, raised in New Jersey, and and I guess you know it was interesting. My the first thing I was thinking about when I was in high school was. Does it make sense to be a photographer? Because I liked photography, and I and I thought to myself, well, there's a cap on that, you know, there's a maximum amount of revenue, so that doesn't work. How about how about a waiter? I was pretty good at that, and once again, I thought there was a cap on that, and so then I I realized I was I was absolutely going to go to uh, go to college and 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 figure out really what it was, but I, but I thought the thing that I would do that would be uncapped. Would be to develop at the time develop uh, an online game that would go nuts and and everyone would get excited about it and, and do something that is surprisingly I think I'm closer to the point although it's not an on- online game I've got an online platform um, and uh, I, I'm much closer than I thought because I for a long time I thought well I'm never going to be a game developer and. Uh, and I think maybe maybe I am. I'm glad you asked that question. Caused me to 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 give me some aha moments and to think about uh, to think about am I actually closer to my dream of what I wanted to do when I grew up than I thought?
0: Wow! So you've written published 800 books. So a lot of our listeners here might see you more as a book publisher. Could you tell us more what what is your niche? What do, what do you focus on? Do you f- focus on like marketing? I know branding is a big part of the aha uh, business. But now you, you're saying when you mentioned the games, uh, are you? Do you see yourself more as a book publisher? What type of books do you publish? More are they your yeah, own so we, or for other writers?
1: Oh, absolutely. So we've published uh, as a as a publisher. I have a number of different imprints, and we started the publishing company in 2005. And, and mostly, I've done a lot of experiments in, in things outside of nonfiction, but what I'm particularly good at and how, and how I can help the author is those, those books which are nonfiction that are primarily focused on allowing the author to grow and do more. Uh, and so the types of books that allow them to get more speaking, more consulting, more engagement, sell more products. And, and that's really the books that, that I have specialty in. Um, we you can get to uh, some of the websites you mentioned, Thinkaha.com, dot Happy About Forty Two Rules, Superstar Press, but the one that with such limited time, the the site that I'd like to encourage people to look at is a site called Aha That a h a t h a t dot com. And what's beautiful about that site, and and this is the online platform I was talking about, is that we we do. Three things that are really powerful, and I'll do. I'll say them quickly. Um, one, if you're trying to sell your existing book, you're going to try to sell it over social media. Or if you're trying to sell you, you have to sell and present yourself. Selling's not the right word. Let's just say present yourself marketing-wise over social media. You need to be sharing good, compelling content. The AhaVat platform has 35,000 quotes that are available for free that you can share in seconds. So it's just good, compelling content of other people that you can share. Now, if you Thank want you. to join the platform, that's cool stuff, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so, that's one. Uh, the second thing is, if you want to join the platform and create your own aha book, and I call them their social media enabled eBooks. And what's nice about that is comprised of 140 bite-sized quotes that are easily shareable. We've had. 300 authors write their books in eight hours or less.
0: Wow. Okay. So I say
1: that with a dramatic pause because for, for somebody who has a fiction book or an existing nonfiction book, you should be creating social media content to be able to share on social that points people to your book or shares good, compelling content. Well, if you pull 140 of those quotes together, you now have additionally – an AHA book, which Mm. not only you can share, but your fan base can share. So that's like the number second thing is is going to ahathat.com. It's actually ahathat.com slash author and taking a look at our eight-step process for publishing uh, an AHA book. And then a byproduct of that, and this is, Rhonda, this is number three, a byproduct is you're kind of putting your social media marketing plan together. Because you've got 140 quotes that are pushing either you or your product, which could be a book, on um, on social media. And those quotes can include URLs that point to Amazon, with your book for sold, or any of the other locations where you sell your books.
0: Wow. So that, that's something that can benefit not only business owners as they're to strengthening their brand and introducing their products to either new prospects, potential clients, but also strengthening those relationships with the existing clients, which is incredibly, incredibly important. Especially in today's world where our business shifts are happening so fast that you, you you need those deep those deep relationships with clients, or when that next shift happens, you can wave goodbye to them, and they'll be someplace else. That's, I mean, you have yeah, that—not just a relationship, but a very deep and rewarding relationship with your clients. You, you guys, we are less than 60 seconds out of time on this issue, this this episode of Off the Shelf. We'll reach out to Mitchell to see if we can reschedule him so that you can get more of what he has to share. The CEO of Think Aha. He just gave you one of his websites, and again, you can go to Mitchell Levy, and I'm sure there are links to his other sites there at the at the website m i t c m i t c h e l l l e v y dot com. So please go and support Mitchell, and he has those books. And then, as an author, you can learn how you could potentially write and publish a book through his platform. We want to thank him for being here with us, and again, we we, we will reach out to reschedule. I want to thank all of our listeners who stayed on with us on this Saturday, uh, December the 10th. Uh, We will have another show here next week. I know Christmas is coming, but we will have another guest on next Saturday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, New York City time. I hope that you will tune in. And as we were saying at the start of the show, when you get those great ideas Map them out and walk them all the way through. Finish and finish strong. As here, here in December, don't wait till January to get yourself pumped up to do something. Because if you don't walk your ideal all the way out, it's just it's just that. It's just a, a like a daydream. You got to map it out and walk it all the way out. So I encourage you to finish strong. I don't care where you are right now. You can still pick it up. There is still time to finish the year strong. See you back here next Saturday. And as I always tell you, remember, you're awesome. You're incredible. You are amazing. Go out and create a fabulous day for yourself. See you back here next Saturday, 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Please go over and check out Mitchell Levy's website. Mitchell, I I will reach out to reschedule. Bye for now.
1: (laughs) Bye for now. Thank you.